Thank you for coming by. We're getting ready to start. Welcome to the Sunshine Cinema podcast. Due to COVID-19 and the subsequent lockdowns that have occurred across Southern Africa, the Sunbox ambassadors have decided to turn their attention towards interviewing not only some of the best filmmakers from the continent, but activists who are leading the way in creating positive change within their community. This series of interviews is designed to be shared over WhatsApp. Please consider giving us a follow on Facebook and Instagram. Use of the movies. It's a very important tool that it can actually accelerate the discussion in the society. We need spaces to be able to challenge the norms. Is democracy the real answer? I must first understand who I am. When we talk about the minds, we are talking about a delicate issue. We have to put our foot down and say no. Really stand on truth. Nothing liberates as much as truth. Empathy. Sexuality. Justice. Integration. Change. And freedom. Hello listeners, welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Sunshine Cinema's Spark Conversation Session. My name is Willisile Mkuni and today the topic that I'll be looking at is on peace building and reconciliation. Today I've got a very special guest and his name is Zenzel Ndewele. He's the producer of the documentary Kukura Hundi Genocide 36 years later. Hello Zenzeli and welcome to the program. Hi. Can you maybe briefly tell us about yourself? Who is Zenzeli? For someone who doesn't know Zenzeli I'm a journalist whose interest is in telling stories about ordinary people. So maybe can we get into the documentary that you produced for Kukwata Hundi 36 years later? What actually made you decide to produce that kind of documentary considering that we are in Zimbabwe and this is an issue or a topic which is still sensitive? My first documentary on Kukura was in 2008, which was called The Moment of Madness. All these uh, documentaries are basically inspired by the fact that over the years, I saw part of genocide when I was young. There were a lot of questions. My parents always talk about it. My relatives always talk about it. Many people in Matavellan, they at least know someone who disappeared or died or was beaten or was raped during Kukura So it's something that people always talk about. And uh, growing up, I always wanted to tell the story, try and explain or try and understand why it happened and how did it happen because it's something that people hardly talk about. In your production of this documentary, what challenges did you encounter? I mean, we're talking about something that happened almost 40 years later now. So a lot of people who witnessed these atrocities are either too old that they don't have good memory, some have died, some have migrated to other countries. There are people who still don't want to talk about it because they're scared. It's difficult to get official comment on these things. It's difficult to try and figure out what happened, when and how, except to rely on eyewitnesses. So trying to piece together information can be quite a big challenge. As we get into this Kukurahun documentary, the issue of peace and reconciliation, which is happening around it. So maybe can you define for us what is peace and reconciliation to you? What happens is that sometimes people tell you that the absence of violence does not mean the presence of peace. So in many cases, just because there's no war in the country doesn't mean that there's no peace. And in Zimbabwe, we still find that there are a lot of issues that have not been so resolved that happened in the past. It's not only about Kukra only. Some people talk about the liberation struggle itself. 
others will talk about Murambatwina, others will talk about uh, the 2008 violence. So Zimbabwe has a history of violence in different times, and there has never been a time when government have sat down and said, let's address the issue of violence. So people are hurt, they have scars, and they always let out these things one way or the other. That's why you find that there's a lot of tribalism that is going on, there's a lot of fights between tribes, between, you know, where the Highlanders and Dynamos are playing, you always see the fights. So there is need for people to sit together, sit down, resolve the past differences, and at least talk about what happened. If people don't feel like their grievances have been addressed, there is always going to be an issue. Do you think that uh, it is important for people to heal from uh, the scars of the past? And how do you think that your documentary does this? It's important for people to heal. The people always need to deal with the past. My documentary is just one tiny bit of the many things that need to be happened. First of all, people want to know what happened. Secondly, people want to tell about their trauma, their stories. Some people have not been able to talk about how they were raped by the army. Others have never been able to mourn their relatives. So having an opportunity where they can talk about what happened and how it happened for some people is healing. But there is more to it than just this documentary. People need to know why this violence happened only two years after independence, after the president, the then president of Zimbabwe, uh, Robert Mugabe, had talked about uh, reconciliation, about turning plowsheds into plows and uh, all those nice speeches that he did in 1980. So the documentary is just an avenue for people to open up and talk about what happened and hope that uh, in the process they'll be able to heal. Peace and reconciliation, it differs at uh, individual levels and your documentary touches it on the national level. And I think this year we could be saying it's like 40 years later. And if I may ask, what are the steps needed in order for us to fully reach the place where we can reconcile and fully have peace over this issue? What we need mostly is the truth-telling, which is something that is not there. As long there is no truth-telling, as long there is no platform for people to actually express their challenges or talk about what happened, how it happened, how they think that is going to be resolved, uh, that will be a problem. So the first step is getting a platform to tell the truth. Then people can then decide whether they want to forgive or they want com- I mean, compensation or whatever. So this is why people always talk about the restorative justice or, you know, in a case where people actually, someone needs to be punished for what they did. So the first thing and what people need to do is get the truth. Uh, you mentioned the Murambatrina and the liberation struggle. So I'm getting that there hasn't been any reconciliation process that has happened. So what are some of the results that have been in the past when people have failed to reconcile? I'm not sure whether we can talk about results because there have not been any results. People have not been able to reconcile. So we can only talk about the effects of failing to reconcile, and I talked about violence. The anger that people have, obviously, it means the nation is suffering. People don't see each other as brothers and sisters. There's always the us and them, and that is a result of such issues that people have not been able to deal with the past. Where are we failing as a nation in terms of promoting peace and people are failing to get the platform or rather they haven't been told the truth as to what really happened. Reconciliation is not about me and you sitting under the tree and talking about what happened. It's about the government putting down in place measures because at the end of the day we're talking about a genocide which was perpetrated by the state. So as long as the state is not willing to open that platform for people to talk about happened, bring accountability and take uh, steps to make sure that there is truth, then there's nothing that is going to happen. Wasn't there any commission or 
anything that was put in place to try and deal with this Kukuraundi genocide issue? I think you notice that there is the National Peace and Reconciliation Commission, which was put in place as a result of the 2013 constitution. But you'd agree with me as well that very little has been done by the commission. We have not yet had the truth-telling meetings. Government itself is not willing to get these things done. They've not done what they're supposed to do. They've not set people down to talk about the truth. We have never had a meeting where the president is invited to come and explain what happened. In conflict resolution, peace and reconciliation. I think firstly, we have to talk about the conflict and then we find a resolution. In making this documentary, at what stage do we think we are at? Are we still trying to identify the problem or are we now saying, no, we have to start reconciliation? Well, it depends who is watching it. People are at different levels. A victim knows what happened. And therefore, they are at a different stage than someone who has never heard about Kukuraundi and they are watching the film for the first time. Once people are informed, they can then make whatever decision they want to do. Given the chance maybe to screen this documentary to communities who are massively affected by the massacres, how do you think those people react? And is there any best way to ensure that they are not going to be re-traumatized by the content in the documentary? We have launched the documentary. People have watched it and they've shared their stories and it, some people have never told their stories have actually found the guts to tell the stories. There is no one size fits all. For me to go back and check whether there have been people who have uh, re-traumatized and what. But at the end of the day there is a story that needs to be told and our job is to tell that story. Can we look forward to another Kukurahundi documentary, a part two version? Because I understand that on the 24th of March, there was supposed to be a launch of another documentary. There will be six documentaries coming up in the next three years on the issue of Kukurahundi. Mm -hmm. So that is two documentaries every year. Last question is, in the production of your documentary, did you achieve the goal that you wanted to achieve? The aim is to inform, and I think we have done that. I mean, you realize that uh, two, three years ago, people were not talking much about Kukurahundi, but everyone now talks about Kukurahundi. So uh, our aim is to inform. I have no doubt that we have done that successfully. Thank you so much, Zenzeli, for joining me in today's episode. Thank you. Thank you, listeners, for joining me. My name is uh, if you'd like to follow me, follow me on Twitter at Bimkuni, Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please head over to our social media pages at Sunshine Cinema and give us a follow. Sunshine Cinema is a network of mobile solar-powered cinemas. Each cinema is led by a Sunbox ambassador, a young person chosen for their ability to spark conversation within their community.